you see um, businesses like Casper, like disrupted the mattress industry, but there's going to be so many other competitors that come in and want to do the same thing because they can. So having a brand is what like keeps your customers like sticking with you when those other competitors who might have a better product offering or, you know, better pricing or something comes in. If your brand resonates more with them than the next one, then that's much better for you in the long run. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a fire truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? My name is Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths people take in life. In today's episode, I speak with Sheila Cannon and Corinne Kamenish, who are brand strategists. So sometimes on this show, we speak with people who have really crazy and out there jobs or hobbies, like uh, like a ghost hunter or something like that. Uh, sometimes we talk about more down-to-earth, relatable jobs, if you want to call them that, uh, related to like business or marketing. So this one is obviously going to be all about ghost hunting. No, I'm just kidding. This one is going to be all about marketing and branding. So um, I think a, a big thing that any sort of entrepreneur goes through when they are trying to start their own business is figuring out what they want their brand to be and what they want people to feel when they interact with their company or their brand. And Sheila and Corinne are absolute experts in this. And they've created a company called Blow Branding that uh, just go to their website and you'll see how good their own branding is, but then you can also view a bunch of their own work. So Corinne is the chief strategist. Um, Sheila is the creative director there. And man, their work is just so, so good. So they'll share so much insight in um, coming up with a brand, what makes a brand, uh, good trends in branding right now, bad trends in branding right now. That way, if you are considering starting your own business, or even if you're not, it just really changes the way that you view other companies throughout the world um, and brands that you're looking at and interacting with day to day. It's a really, really interesting talk that we have together. So without further ado, here is Brand Strategist. Corinne, Sheila, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So I think to start out, I would love it if we could just set a baseline for what exactly constitutes uh, brand, branding, all that kind of stuff. Because these are words that are thrown around a lot nowadays, but I feel like there's a little bit of ambiguity behind what all it entails. So, And if maybe we could, as you guys are answering this question, if you could use either examples for multiple companies or just like we could just take one specific super large well-known brand like Coca-Cola or Nike or something like that and and like what what all is considered their brand. Sure, sure. So um, there are so many answers to this question, first of all. Um, Our point of view is that a brand should be the core of everything you are and everything you do. So it's kind of a um, a guidance through everything. It's what you should sound like, feel like, look like. It helps you to make the right decisions for your brand, to get the right partners, the right employees even. And to give you an example, like Coca-Cola is based on joy and everything they do. And even though the product is 
soda, but everything they do is based around joy and some other values that they created, but um, that ties it all together. Do you feel like the product then in that, in this instance, no, I shouldn't say in this instance, like in general, sometimes the product is almost not part of the brand or like a secondary part of the brand. Like you said, like the fact that they make soda, it's like, okay, that's, I guess, like a thing, but it's not really important when it comes to the brand or like if you make a really high end watch, let's say, like a lot of people would look at that high that high end watch as being like, oh yeah, that's part of the brand. It's like, well, you don't have, like the watch doesn't matter. It's just the fact that you think that it's high end is what matters. So um, is the is the product part of the brand or no? The product can be part of the brand, but I would say that a brand like it's the way how you use the product and the brand so how you use branding can be the differentiator that sets you apart from everybody else so they're almost i think you could look at it separately actually yeah um it's also the emotional connection yeah it's the brand and not necessarily the product right so, so you build something around the product and that's the brand okay. yeah Okay. So one way we describe branding also and brand strategy is intentional differentiation because you look for ways that this product is different than another product and those things can be constitutive like Corinne was saying before, what your values are, what you look like, what you sound like, who are you for and especially who are you not for. And by knowing those things, you can express your brand in different mediums and different ways and different experiences that make people that build recognition over time. So it's not something like, I think a lot of people think a logo or identity is a brand, but it's actually kind of like a living, breathing thing, if mm. you will. Like it's, it's, um, it's more than that. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that you have to like tend to all the time and, and make sure that, um, everyone in the company understands what it is so that they can, um, yeah, express the brand in, in every part of the company. Right. So anything that can hold up your identity, I guess. And it sounds like also anything that, um, that could kind of make a, a, someone looking at your company or like an end user feel something in some way. Like, how do you feel when you're looking at this? How do you feel when you're using this? How do you feel if it makes you have some sort of like emotional response, then that's probably part of the brand. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So uh, why don't you guys talk a little bit about the different sides of the coin that you both work on? Um, like sort of the strategic side, the creative side, and then how those two things come together to make branding and, and brand marketing and stuff. Mm. Sure. So. Um, one way we think about it is kind of like a, if you, what we were saying before, like think of it as a person. And so brand strategy is like the skeleton. So it's what everything else is built on. And that's where you figure out like, what are your things that never change? Like, what are your values? Um, and that involves a lot of research. So to figure that out, we do a lot of um, market research, competitor research. Like we look into like what your values are. And then we even look at other um, industries, like not even your direct competitors, just to see like how those things are doing, um, you know, talking to a lot of people. Um, cultural cult- research. Yeah, cultural research. And that all goes into the strategy. And 
it helps you figure out your positioning. And then the creative side is what brings that to life. So through visuals and like tone of voice, like that emotional connection we've been talking about, that's the creative side. So they definitely go hand in hand and um, it helps to, it definitely helps to go to strategy first. I think a lot of people um, or a lot of companies, they just want to like get that look and feel down and that's it. But the strategy really helps um, protect you and strengthen the brand like over time. Totally. I love that analogy, the skeleton, and it, it makes so much sense because yeah, if you had absolutely amazing strategy and pretty weak creative, well, people are still going to find your product and find you. And then they might like, you know, turn their head to the side when they, when they see like kind of this whack creative and be like, yeah, I, I don't really like that very much. That's a little weird that they're doing that, but I'll still buy it anyways, or I'll still use yeah. it because that strategy was so unique and interesting. But if you have really poor strategy and really amazing creative, people just might not even freaking find you to begin with, you know? Exactly. And so what use is your amazing creative if you didn't have a good strategy to begin with? Yeah, yeah. And they absolutely go hand in hand. So yeah. even when we do um, visual identities and so on, we do visual strategy where we use the brand strategy to translate into what does that mean for visuals and so on. So yeah. it, does, it just belongs together. Mm -hmm. So the skeleton and then all the clothing and hairstyles <laughs> or whatever you want to call personality. It. Yeah. yeah. Is marketing kind of always in what you guys are doing? Is marketing a piece that you guys are always helping uh, clients with? Is is that sort of assumed when you're working on branding with a product that it's like you're going to talk about like how this brand is going to be more successful and how it's going to reach more people? Um, or sometimes it's just straightforward and just like, hey, we just want to know what our brand identity is. We don't need you to you know, kind of tell us how to get more clients or anything. Yeah, it's not always part of what we do, but most of the time, once we worked with a client and we talked about their brand so often and built the brand with them together, it usually leads to ideas or executions that we come up with as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, if you made this cool brand and direction for this company, it's you're going to want to talk about how it's going to be successful, not just like, here's your brand. All right, I'll see you later. Yeah, and make sure everything is on brand, as yeah. we say. So, but yeah, sometimes people come to us and are just like, can we get a visual identity or can we get a logo and that's it? Yeah. And then we... And it's so important today. I think with branding and marketing are becoming more and more um, connected. And so when a client... We work with a lot of entrepreneurs, so um, I think social media and all that stuff is changing so fast that we do have to like give some guidance of how that's going to play out like over time. So it's inevitable that a conversation, yeah. yeah. And we were, and I think it depends from branding company to branding company. We are more focused focused on marketing than I'd say other branding companies. Yeah. And we always say what we do is we do marketing with your brand at the core, which is different from many other marketing agencies because they sometimes just cut out this whole branding part. So we try to always put the brand at the core of everything, as I said in the beginning, and then go from there and help them growing their business. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What what happens when clients don't really like your ideas or like they don't appreciate them and stuff? What is that that process like? Well, we're trying to figure out why 
they don't like live. There's yeah. sometimes it's just the reason of money. Sometimes it's um, aesthetic reasons. Sometimes it's just not their vision. So we're always trying to figure out why. Because as we said in the beginning, we we're building brands together with our clients. It's not that we're trying to just educate the clients on what they have to do, yeah. but we're going along with them. And, yeah. yeah. Usually the things that we have to change are easy to, easy to change. Like if it's aesthetics, because when we get the brand strategies always first and branding like has to be based on truth or it just won't work. So mm. it just has to be a part of who they are anyway. So in a way it's, it's easy for them to um, like live that brand out because it is who they are. It's, it's just defining it a lot better. That's such um, a good, I love that. That is so well stated and such a good idea. It's this like self-fulfilling prophecy for their brand. Yeah. Yeah. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel different. It shouldn't feel like they're trying on something else and they can't do it. It should feel like it, it just is what it is. And, and we're just helping define it better. That's why the core is so important. Yeah. It's like that, str- like really understanding them is, is really important from the beginning. Um, so yeah, that's then- so awesome. That must be so nice for clients that you help rebrand because it, for a lot of them, they must like when they get rebranded to this brand that is actually them, they must feel like, oh, that's funny. For the past like 10 years, we've been operating as this other idea and it's like it didn't feel right. And now you now it feels right. Like you like you were just saying, it's like it's easy to operate on brand if your brand is just completely truthful and honest in you, you know? Yeah. And that's so rewarding. That's the most rewarding um, part of our job. And they're like, oh, my God, it was always there. We yeah. just didn't see it. And now it's kind of solved yeah that's cool i love that um all right so let's talk about the sort of process that you go through to help brands with this so i would imagine that there is a lot of uh like questions and stuff like that that you need to ask them at the beginning to get the ball rolling to figure out what their brand is and what they want and what their needs are and and how you're going to help them yeah so that's exactly how we start. We usually sit down with the client and just listen. We we talk about their ambition for their business and their brands, and we ask them, "What makes you different? What? How would you define the market you're in? What do you think your competitors are?" Um, so we want to we want to get a really really good understanding of who they are and what's true to them and where they see the whole brand going and also trying to understand how evolved the brand already is. It's fascinating how some clients, even though they only just started out, have a very strong vision and some just, even though they've been in business for a while, they just are all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It almost makes more sense that way because when you're starting out, you, yeah, it's like you got it all together and, and later on, you, you know, you just yeah. get used to the day-to-day work and you kind of forget yeah. what, you, what your brand was to begin with. Um, does the When you're going through the process of trying to help a company establish a brand, does the industry that they are in matter to you, really? So, like, if you were a hospital or something, do you need to... Would, would you make much more sort of, uh, like, toned down and formal um, sort of like branding and marketing and stuff like that or do you not really care what industry someone's in like it's more about who they are and and that's it 
Well, we do work with several clients all like in different industries. We, I think we always try to work with companies and people that want to put the brand at their core. I think that's the most important thing for us because if they're not willing to put the brand at the core, it's going to be hard to work with us because that's our whole thing. Um, so it doesn't matter so much what kind of industry they're in, even though we do have based on our backgrounds. We, I used to work in retail a lot. Sheila has um, tech experience. So it's like there are some industries that are easier for us to um, create brand strategy and so on. And But I would say I don't know if it matters so much, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like it shouldn't for the most part, because then I, I it, it, especially if, if your brand is going to be almost like counterintuitive to your industry, if nothing else, that's just going to really make you stand out. You know, So that could be a really good thing. Who knows? Yeah, um, it is about fight, like to find that thing that sets you apart. And that doesn't necessarily it's not so, we don't have to be an industry expert to do that because we are working with the client. They're the industry expert. Yeah. And we're trying to bring to life what sometimes is already there. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's really, really cool. It's gotta just be so nice for these companies to have you come in because um as I was just saying, it's like you, you get kind of like lost in your day to day and it's like you can't see the forest through the trees, so to speak. And it's like you can kind of come to them and hold a mirror up to them and show them the forest. And it's like, oh, crap, that's right. It's like this whole forest yeah. here. And like uh, it's that's got to just be like a really enlightening experience. Yeah, it's actually one of the most fun conversations is that first one where we're asking a lot of questions and they're like, oh, my God, I've never thought of that before. And it's it's just very simple questions can help you think about it so differently. Yeah. Um, Show a new perspective. Yeah. We also like to do like workshops and stuff where we ask them like weird questions, you know, like they pick like an animal that is yeah. like there. We have some fun exercises. Yeah. And so that always like makes you think about it differently. Um, yeah. So it's fun. That's a fun part of the process for mm-hmm. sure. I love that. Um, so first uh, we'll, before we jump a little bit deeper into the the process that you guys go through um if you could go over some of those questions with us that would be great so if if let's say we're trying to give a little bit of advice to um like young entrepreneurs out there some entrepreneurs in general i shouldn't say young entrepreneurs uh anybody who's trying to like start their own thing and they're trying to work on their own brand um, and they don't have like a lot of money to work with or anything. What are some questions that you think are some of like the most important questions that they could just ask themselves to get a better idea of, I guess, like what direction they should hand, uh, head in brand wise? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, one thing we um, often tell people, like when we are in like networking events and talking, like people ask us this, um, we tell people to like, kind of do your own audit. So an audit is like when you look at your competition, you look at your market and your audience, you look at like the visuals and the tone of voice and yeah, everyone can do that themselves. So like if you use Google slides or PowerPoint, like just collect um, like everything that you guys have in your own brand and then look at your competitors, collect like visuals that they have and like maybe identify like some keywords about, who they are and what they stand for. 
Um, and then you want to, um, like ask yourself who your audience is and also ask yourself who your audience is not because, um, you can't be for everybody. That's like one thing that people in branding want like others to know. It's like branding has to stand for something. So an auditing process helps you kind of like look at everything in the field and then you see how yours is different. Um, I don't know if I explained that well, but, um, yeah, no, you re- you really did. So uh, for uh, hang on, I have, I have a question about this really quick to help people out. So if you are a, you know, you're just starting up, you're a tiny little business. Let's say you're you're making lemonade. Let's say you have a lemonade stand. Let's say you're a little kid with a lemonade stand, and you're trying to analyze your competition for this whole process. Do you look at your competition as other kids with lemonade stands, or do you look at your competition as like? the lemonade that's carried in the grocery store or is that not even allowed to be considered as your competition yet because you're not playing on it because i think a lot of like small business owners and you know startup entrepreneurs it's like where they view themselves is so low compared to the other companies that are in their quote-unquote industry you know so do they consider those people competition or are they not competition yet and they're supposed to try to find the other people that are at their sort of small startup level well, there might not be direct competition yet, but it's still interesting or there's still something to learn when you look at those companies. And we would even go a step further and look at other um, beverage companies or even snack companies in yeah. that case, um, because you're you're competing. So let's say someone buys a glass of lemonade, maybe they, they could replace that with I don't know, a chocolate bar. Maybe yeah. it's just like Maybe something sweet. So, Or you look at convenience stores because a lemonade stand is about convenience because you're driving down your street and it's right there. So maybe gas stations and 7-Elevens are more of your competition than even the grocery store. Um, yeah. What's the occasion? Why do people buy? Yeah. So there's so much around that or so much hidden things that could be very interesting for your brand that you not necessarily look at because you're so focused on lemonade competitors. Yeah. Cool. So just because you are really small, don't, don't rule don't like preclude, preclude yourself from thinking about these other people as your competition when you're doing this analysis. Don't be like, Hey, my revenue is only $20,000 a year. So who am I to compare my business to somebody that has $10 million a year in revenue? It's like, no, that's okay. Because you know, you might have some like insight to glean from that. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's all about that. It's really just about what can we learn or how can we stand out? It's not really about how can we compete and like, yeah, um, put Coca-Cola out of business. Like that's not that's <laughs> right. <laughs> and, okay. uh, for, for entrepreneurs, just to add, we, we also came up with a little formula that usually helps people to keep in mind um, as a little guidance when they build their brands, which is be different, be, be relevant and be consistent. And that's the three thing, the three main things when you're building a brand to keep in mind. And then you can figure out, so how can we be different? How can we, we be relevant? What's going on in culture and in this industry and so on? And then be consistent with it once you made a commitment to a certain style or to a certain strategy. 
That is really interesting. So let me ask you about the be relevant piece, because for some industries like that would be very straightforward for other industries that would be very cloudy. So let's get back to the uh, lemonade stand example. <laughs> like if you're trying to make a relevant lemonade stand, what would make your lemonade stand more relevant than another one? Well, we would have to do a little bit of a trend analysis to answer <laughs> right. that question. But maybe if, like right now, maybe if you have some, maybe you mix your lemonade with some superfoods like, uh, what are those, goji berries or something. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's something that makes you relevant because that's something everyone is talking about, about right wellness. Now. Or maybe it's about like social impact. So you're helping these children who want to like, or young entrepreneurs who are like five years old, but you know, they want to get started now. Maybe they're the future Mark Zuckerberg. So you're like, okay, well, like you kind of look in those worlds and like, maybe that's that lemonade stand has a different way of communicating. Yeah, or maybe you're the funniest lemonade stands in the world and make jokes to your customers. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. People could like text ahead their order to you and stuff like that. <laughs> There Guys, we need to start a lemonade stand. I think. I know. <laughs> now. A lot of good ideas. Um, okay, cool. So those pieces of advice so far are amazing. Anything else uh, off the top of your head for a small business owner, like questions that they could be asking themselves? If not, that's totally okay, guys, because you guys already gave us a shitload of advice. So it's no, all good. no, I think one big thing. It's not a question, but it's an advice. Just don't just focus on short-term um, results. Yes. Try to also think about building a sustainable brand that, or not just thinking about a product, but think about your brand, which is a more long-term thing. And if you start building it today, even better, because it takes a long time. Yeah. So especially talking about consistency, that's something built over time. Yeah. So why not start today? A lot of mistakes we see like entrepreneurs just starting out to make are um they'll be like, oh, this, you know, this tagline isn't working, so I have to change it. And they change it like every two weeks. And like you're gonna your audience isn't gonna um like see that you're sticking to something and but audiences really like when they do recognize something over time because then you become familiar. You're like part of their world. Mm -hmm. So I would say like stick to one thing and like Corinne was saying, like give it time and let it like grow. Um, don't keep changing things so, so rapidly. Which is scary for people. That's why yeah. we always um, try to do strategies strategy yeah. and research work before yeah. you commit to one thing yeah mm, that's a good point so they, they can feel as confident as possible when they're sticking to this branding exactly it's, like it's kind yeah. of a proven thing we yeah. already looked into that it makes sense now stick to it and give it a real try yeah. instead of constantly changing yeah yeah for sure um all right let's go ahead and jump into some kind of like real world examples of the work that you guys do so um First of all, where we already talked a little bit about the question piece to begin with, um, but if you want to take us a little bit more through the flow of things in in where that you would start if you were tasked with helping develop a new brand or, or rebrand a company that's already been out, um, like where do you start and, and take us through the flow of the process? 
Um, so besides what I already explained, like this whole interview thing that we do where we sit down with the client and ask a million questions. The audit. <laughs> yeah. We try to find patterns, so we collect everything that is somehow connected to this brand challenge. And we also look at what worked so far and what didn't work. What trends do we see? What shifts are happening that this company or this brand could use? Yeah, and then we identify categories that are relevant to the brand. And maybe we use urban space as an example. Yeah, so we, we worked on a brand called Urban Space, which is a food hall and food market um, brand in New York City. And they have like five locations and one permanent location. So it switches every, every few seasons. So it's not your typical restaurant. It's not your typical, um, like it, it kind of falls into different categories too. Because um, like tourists like to go there, but also young professionals like to go there. So it was kind of an interesting challenge. So we broke it down after we interviewed people and audited what the um, company was all about since its inception. We looked at the history. Then we um, figured out what are good um, places to start with our research. And because you don't want to like, you don't want your research to be like too big and it's a never ending project. Um, and then we, that's where we develop like observations and patterns, and then you develop insights from that. And, and in between, you always talk to your clients. So you always, they're always part of the process. So it's, it's not that we just disappear for a month and then come back and be like, that's your brand now. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're, they're giving us very valuable inputs on the way so that yeah. we figured out where we have to dig even deeper. Yeah. Um, and then after that, um, that is all part of figuring out a positioning. So you want to know your competition and your audience so you can develop like a very, what's the right, like concise statement of like how you're, you're defined within your um, industry, within the market, within your target audience. And that helps you like develop a brand from that. So that's like the core of who you are. Um, and usually we make, um, that's like a written statement that we mm -hmm. come up with and it's an, an internal thing. It's not something that your um, customers will see. You're not putting that on the website. We always have to tell them. Yeah. Clients. And then um, we use some sort of brand tools to help us develop the creative side of that. So that might be like coming up with a lens or, um, and the lens is like, okay, you, your brand is made up of these three pillars. And so whatever um, decision that you're making about the company should be, you should consider these things. And that helps you keep everything consistent. So even if that's like hiring an employee or coming up with a new campaign for um, the next season, that is the lens you use. So everything feels like part of the same brand. But it's like those... Three to five <laughs> words that are really true and unique to you. As I, what I said before about Coca-Cola and them using joy, they have some other ones that I now forgot, but like pe bringing people together was one of them. So you choose, um, how can we explain it in an easy way? 
Well, no, that, that that makes sense if you're going off the words like that. Then, so yeah, it, yeah that's it, so. What you were saying about even hiring people, it's like then if you're in an interview and it's like, does this person make me feel joyful? Okay, then they can be part of our yeah. brand. But yeah. whatever whatever um, you come up with for your brand, you just quickly check with your lens. Is yeah. that really about bringing people together? Is that really about joy? Is that really about um, happiness or whatever? Yeah, um, I was hoping there was like an actual lens that people could look through. And it was this like this like <laughs> Harry Potter sort of magical lens, and yeah, yeah. Then we would really make a lot of money if we create this lens. Businesses can just look through it. They they like look at and they look at this person that they're interviewing through the lens, and they're like, "Yes, you're hired." It turns green when it's fine, and yeah. it's red when it's not. Yeah, totally. I like that. It's really just a filter that we come up with that's based on the positioning. So it's like it's like a step-by-step process. So you have to do all that research and you have to like boil it down to the most like basic part of what that Mm. brand is. It like has to be uncomplicated, like very straightforward, like everybody agrees on it. And then you can like add on all of the like visuals and the, um, the expression and the personality comes after that. So you have to just know that core part first and that's what all that research does it takes time but it's just super important because that's where the truth comes out and that's where like the basis of everything you do so it's a very like complicated process to get a very uncomplicated result that you can look that you can create a sustainable brand yeah, it turns yeah. out to be something very simple, and everyone's like, "Why did you do research for?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's so it's so important. It's such an important thing, and yeah. it's so important that it speaks to the client as well. And that's why you keep the conversation going yeah. constantly. Because if they don't believe that lens is right, then nothing will ever happen out of this. Because yeah. they have, and and in this case with Urban Space, we um we came up with a lot of marketing um initiatives that would fit this lens that we that we created so they could actually see what it means yeah Yeah. for sure it's it's very heartening and and great to hear how important this portion is and how how it it the core (laughs) of what you guys do it's really trying to just be so truthful and honest about who these brands are and it's trying to um trying to find their core and like what the heck they are all about when like you said it's like there's obviously a lot of uh like competitive analysis and all these different things that need to be done but if you are a a small business owner and you don't maybe have the time to do that sort of stuff yet um and Mm -hmm. and the money to hire somebody else it's like it's it's nice to hear that that it's still incredibly worthwhile to to just figure out your own stuff like you don't have to figure out everybody else's stuff you don't have to worry about, i mean that would be nice and it would be great but you don't it's not like mandatory you don't have to worry about everyone else you could just worry about yourself just like delve deep and figure out who you are and what you are and what your business is and just focus on that every day and not focus on what everyone else is doing yeah, yeah just make sure that no one else is doing the exact same. <laughs> that's a very good point yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, everyone's going to yeah look to their cores and see the exact same thing and create the exact same business. <laughs> like, I haven't found it. And yeah. Figure out that everyone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why branding is so important, though. Like, you think, so, like, disruption has been, like, the buzzword for, like, a few years now. And so 
You see um, businesses like Casper, like disrupted the mattress industry, but there's going to be so many other competitors that come in and want to do the same thing because they can. So having a brand is what like keeps your customers like sticking with you when those other competitors who might have a better product offering or, you know, better pricing or something comes in. If your brand resonates more with them than the next one, then that's much better for you in the long run. You'll also see the power of design in those cases. It, yes. Yeah. A like, thousand percent. Very well designed um, brands. Yeah. The first mattress company that's like targeted towards a millennial as opposed to targeted towards like your grandmother's. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Very smart. Um, all right. Let's uh, well, actually, it's funny. The next question I wanted to ask you, which uh, is on the, the uh, tale of me being an old man, uh, is telling us some of your favorite trends in branding right now and some of your least favorite trends in branding. Okay, I'm going to take one of the favorite ones to start with. Um, there is a trend that we're seeing in being more human. So companies like Oscar, for example, they, um, they first of all, they chose a name that is, could be your uncle's name. <laughs> um, and then the way they speak to their clients doesn't feel like an insurance company. It's more like someone that actually cares about you, that's trying to give you good advice, that um, come, like, is in this whole thing with you. And that's something new, but also that's now being copied a lot because people like human-like brands, apparently. Yeah. Another thing we see a lot is like radical transparency and honesty. Um, like Everlane and I mean, that's been around a couple of years now, but I think with like, when you look at brands, you have to look at the context of like today's world and like how it's like in this bubble. And so like with today's political climate, I think brands are realizing like you have to be really honest and like truthful. And when you mess up, you have to, um, apologize, apologize and, own, and it. own it yeah whereas before like they just try to cover it up like mm. Volkswagen and stuff yeah, like that it so work. it does not work so other companies I think are realizing it or like like Facebook now they're like changing their algorithm because people were really upset with getting fake news so mm. they I mean it was probably cost them so much money but people are holding brands responsible and I think a lot of brands are responding yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's nice to have to have companies like almost calling themselves out before other people have to, you know, yeah. um, which is obviously the best move for sure. So it's interesting. Like, I'm interested in seeing how what how branding changes in like a decade. Like, you know, everything is cyclical. So yeah, people will yeah. just be lying to each other like crazy again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then the least favorite trend, as you've been asking before, um, it's funny because we've almost already said that when we, yeah. when we talked about um, mattresses and disruptive companies and so on. Um, me and Sheila have been talking about how when we ride the subway, how everything starts to look kind of the same. There are all those new companies they're the same friendly voice and yeah exactly. it's very similar visuals very like, a little quirky but likable it's very unoffensive yeah 
I so, man, when I was in San Francisco, I cannot tell you how many buildings I drove by that had the letters L Y at the end of their name, like optimizely, blah blah blah, Lee, Lee, and it's like really, really, like did you just look across the street at their building and just decide to add an L Y to your name? Like I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, so there's just more of the same, which is kind of boring too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, now it's funny what you said about the human thing. Like now, I guess we're just going to get a whole bunch of like your uncle's names for businesses. Like that'll be like, like yeah. <laughs> uh, Frank and Oscar, and yeah, it'll be great. Harris. <laughs> All right. So, what about the? I guess not not trends that are bad or anything like that. But what are mistakes that you see, particularly small businesses, make pretty often when they are trying to brand? I think, well, we touched on part of it a little bit, like a little before, but how they change their minds like too quickly, like yes, we think that yes. they stay consistent, but um, also like focusing on your product only can be an issue. So a lot of people think like more in traditional marketing where you like talk about product benefits all the time to, but like people don't pay attention to that so much. So um, I think telling a story that resonates with their, with your um, audience is much more important than talking about your product. Like yeah. I think having a good product just has to be like table space. Yeah. You can't not have a good product at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you want an emotional connection. Yeah. And sometimes with just listing product benefits, that's just not getting you yeah. this emotional connection that I mean so many um buying decisions are based on emotions. Yeah. That you can't just even if your product benefits are amazing. Yeah. It's usually not what makes people buy a product. I mean it depends on what kind of industry, but usually it's not. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right, Sheila Corinne, let's go ahead and wind this thing down. So um we've already gone over advice for entrepreneurs and small business owners and stuff like that. So um, I would like it if we could finish up with advice that you guys would give to anyone that wanted to get into your industry. So if hearing about this, people are like, wow, like I'm really creative. I love thinking strategically about things. That's the type of thing that I would like to do for a living. What is um, like your recommendations in terms of a path to making that happen? Yeah, I think there are a lot of opportunities for people in branding. Like, you don't have to be good at every single like thing discipline within branding. Um, so find the thing that you're really passionate about, um, whether that's like psychology or design or writing. Um, all those things are really important. Um, but I think the most effective thing is like working on um, like having good ideas and being able to communicate that. Um, I think that that's one of the hardest things to do in like a creative field like this. Um, but you have to get your communication skills. Oh, yeah. yeah. Being able to craft a story to, yeah. to also defend your ideas, to like yeah. build your own name and brand, I guess. Yeah. But it's, I think it's really interesting in like the years, like the past years, I feel like we've really been, so into branding that um you kind of realize that everyone is passionate about something and branding kind of reflects the what how we're living in the world and stuff so um i think you can find any passion and 
kind of parlay that into branding somehow. Like even if you're starting your own business, um, everyone has to know branding. Yeah, for sure, man. That is great advice, and it's so it's so funny because I just a few weeks ago interviewed a guy who does programmatic advertising for a living, which like I didn't know anything about before that interview. And in the middle of the interview, he was like giving advice and he was saying that he like how important storytelling is. And like he he is, has this like incredibly analytical job where he's supposed to like analyze these things all the time. And he's like, but honestly, like storytelling is probably the biggest thing. And he's like, if you wanted to get into this industry, like I would sooner hire somebody that was like a really good storyteller and could tell me stories about the numbers than somebody that was like really good at just analysis and analyzing the numbers. He's like, you have to like tell this freaking story about what you're looking at. And that's so funny that you just said the exact same thing as that guy. So just I guess I guess good overall advice to young people is become a good storyteller. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they are because of Instagram and Snapchat and all of those um, channels. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They, they learn to tell stories in a certain way from a very young age. They're more experts yeah. than we are. <laughs> that is a fact at everything. Um, all right, guys, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. So much. Hey everyone, it's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would appreciate it so much if you considered leaving a review for the show on iTunes. I swear it'll only take like two minutes. Um, Just search for the show on iTunes, click on it, click on ratings and reviews. You can leave a quick review um, or just uh, keep listening to the show. I appreciate that as well. Or tell a friend about the show or something. And if you have any ideas for the show, if you have a particular job or hobby that you would like to hear interviewed on the show, if you yourself think that you do something interview worthy and you would like to tell the world about what this job or hobby is that you have, head on over to halfhourintern.com. There's a link right there at the top that says submit your ideas and you could submit your ideas for the show, be them uh, somebody else that you would like me to interview, a particular field that you would like to hear about, or even if it is you yourself that would like to come on the show. Thanks so much for listening, you guys.